Today we discuss one obstacle which comes in Bible study and ministry. Hey everyone, uh, it's great to have you back for Bearing Up. This is our 70th episode. But if you clicked on this podcast or this video, uh, you're probably wondering what do we mean by not overly familiar, but devoted. Um, you know, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by these, these things here? Uh, and I would say that this has to do with our faith. It has to do with Bible study. Uh, it has to do with effective ministry. Um, and, and so this is something that I feel that um, those in a preaching role particularly will find useful, but I think that this is something that we can all consider uh, as students of God's Word. I think any student of God's Word is uh, in need of, of this sort of reminder, this kind of discussion today. Um, we, are, we should not be overly familiar um, with, uh, with our Bible study, uh, and that statement all by itself may seem um, seem kind of contradictory to what we find in the scriptures. We, we must, you know, be about the word and hold fast to it and hold fast to the truth and, and all those things which are true. Uh, so what do I mean by that? What do I mean by not being overly familiar? What we're referring to today is being so accustomed to the simple, being so accustomed to the ideas of Bible study and doctrine, being so accustomed to them, that we, we lose the right attitude when it comes to our study and to ministry. Um, there was a neurosurgeon from North Carolina uh, who had been practicing medicine for a long time and his medical license was revoked uh, for two reasons. One, uh, he was performing a brain surgery and uh, he left the skull open of a patient, uh, left no physician present, and went out of the room and had lunch for 30 minutes while, you know, this, this guy's head is open, uh, leaving nobody in there with him. You know, that was the first thing. Uh, the second is that he, another brain surgery, he instructed a nurse to drill into a patient's cranium um, who had, you know, she's a nurse. She's not been trained for brain surgery. Uh, and so for these two things, his medical license was revoked. And the problem was that he has, was just so accustomed to the practice. You know, brain surgery is a big deal. It's a huge thing. But being a neurosurgeon that had been practicing for such a long time, uh, he had just grown so comfortable with it, so accustomed to it, uh, that he didn't take the right precautions. He didn't have the right attitude behind it. Um, and that does translate very well into ministry. Um, we can have the same attitudes. We can get so accustomed to an intense study. We can get so accustomed to doing things in a certain way that we forget, one, why we do them, um, but we also forget why um, or how we're supposed to do them. Uh, one character in the scriptures 
who was like this, I believe, was King Asa. And you can read about him in uh, 2 Kings. I think it's 2 Kings. Maybe it's in 1 Kings. Um, but you can definitely read about him in 2 Chronicles. We've studied with him uh, recently here at the Moultrie Church of Christ. Uh, but King Asa, he was faithful at first. You know, he, he was trying to do things right by the Lord. You know, his heart was set on the Lord. The chronicler, you know, says some very specific things about his faith and, and you know, what he was trying to do and lead the people back into uh, Christ. He's sort of the very first religious reformer uh, at the beginning of his reign. But by the end of his reign, he is so confident in himself that he has lost trust in God. Uh, and so how did he get there? How did he get to that place? Um, you know, God gave him victory in the beginning. Uh, you know, his first conflict, he turns to the Lord and he trusts in him. And he's kind of like David in First Chronicles, who at his very first conflict, he goes and he asks counsel for the, from the Lord. So he reflects David in that way, but after this victory, and uh, he kind of is established as a military leader and a ruler, and uh, he decides that he's going to do things his way, uh, that he's going to trust in other kings, he's going to trust in himself. Uh, at the very end of his life, he has a foot disease, and rather than trusting in God and asking God to handle this, to help him, uh, he trusts in the physicians. He trusts really in himself and all of that. Uh, and so he had grown so accustomed to his own power and to his own ability that he had lost trust in God. And so that, that definitely is a problem for, uh, for us when we grow accustomed to things, when we're overly familiar uh, with our processes, whether it be our study or our ministry or whatever it may be in life, um, we can get so attuned to it. And, and this can go for any, any sort of job, you know, just as a, uh, you know, a neurosurgeon, you know, you could have somebody, maybe they're an electrician, uh, you know, and they're working and they've done it so many times that they, they become careless because they, it's, more of a habit and a routine than it is a specialization for them anymore at that point uh, and then they can you know cause an accident um, you know you can do it in teaching you can get so accustomed to teaching and so accustomed to uh, being with students that you forget some pretty basic important rules about you know maybe it's conduct or maybe it's about curriculum or maybe it's about you know the kind of relationship you're to have with admin and, and stuff like that and you know so it may be teaching it may be you know being a neurosurgeon uh, it can be anything that you're you're involved in you know you could be working at a grocery store you could be working at a law office you could be working you know somewhere and because you are so so familiar with everything uh, that you lose sight of the in the simple things we're not careful anymore and we don't have the right attitude the right reverence uh, that we're to have for the serious task that we have um, you know the understanding that you know what I'm doing is important and I need to take my time and I need to you know think about this because I can hurt other people and I can hurt myself even uh, from not 
having the right attitude about what I'm doing. You know, people may debate on what Solomon meant by the terminology overly righteous in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 16. You know, this is the passage where he says, you know, do not be overly righteous. Um, he says overly wicked too, but I want to focus on that overly righteous, and that's the one that everybody wants to focus on, you know, because, okay, what does that mean? Um and so there's some debate on the idea, but I think that we can all probably agree that it has something to do with self-sufficiency, like righteous by your own means. It's kind of like the righteousness of the Pharisees. You know, they're, they're uh, looking very righteous. Uh, they're looking very neat and orderly, and, you know, they are, maybe there's some asceticism, and, and there's some other things that kind of reveal that, they're trying to have righteousness by their own means rather than righteousness from God. They're just trying to, you know, we're going to do this and, and, and I'm going to be self-sufficient in this area of my life. Um, you know, and, and that's a part of this too. You know, we can, we can become overly righteous. We can have this idea of, well, I've, I've got, you know, all of my things in order and I've got all of this that uh, I am studying and I am doing and and uh, I have to be more righteous and I have to look a certain way and all of this stuff. And we forget, we forget some of the more simple things that we need to remember. Um, one of the biggest obstacles that I face as a minister is trying to con convict the church with something new. And what I mean by new, of course, is not to present any new information per se. You know, we're not changing the truth. Um, you know, if, if, if we are compromising the truth, we don't need to be at the pulpit at all, um, of course. Uh, we need to be uh, challenged and admonished, and we need to repent. So it's not about introducing some new doctrine or anything like that. But, but the idea of presenting things in a new way, right? And, and I think that this is something that most preachers can agree with, you know, or, or think about. You know, I want to... I want to share this text that we're familiar with from a different perspective. Uh, I want to I want to look at this. I want to help people understand this maybe in a in a new way, um, or maybe it's teaching from unfamiliar text. You know, I want to teach from unfamiliar texts all the time. Um, you know, I want to talk about, and that's one of the reasons, honestly, why we're studying through the Chronicles here is because uh, these texts are sometimes put to the side and they're not. They're not considered in a deep way, and, and so uh, we've gone through, and we're nearly done with all of the, the, the Chronicles. Um, but uh, this is a challenge. This is an obstacle, um, because we, won't, we don't want to just be reminded of the same old things, right? And, and, but that's something that we need to do. We need to be reminded of those things. Um, there's this longing sometimes i think particularly with with young preachers but maybe this is this is true of older preachers too i've only been preaching here for six years um but we want to teach something we want to teach something not just remind uh people of things but we want to teach we want people to learn we want to see things in a different light um and there often comes a point with young preachers that feels like 
you know, what else, what else is there to preach? Um, you know, what else is there? Where can I go from here? And, and there's the temptation to think that way and to gloss over things that we assume everybody knows. And if, if we would be patient and, and we would consider the needs of the congregation more, um, then we would realize that there is so much to preach. There's so much to, uh, for them to learn, for the congregation to learn, and for them to be reminded of. Um, and it just creates a lot of problems when we think in this way, when we have an over-familiarity of, of maybe it's the scriptures. And I think that when we say that we are overly familiar with them, we're probably not. <laughs> we're probably not uh, familiar enough uh, with some very important passages maybe about arrogance, um, but uh, preaching from that perspective and having this attitude of, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of going through the motions now at this point because I've, I've become so good at this and I've, I've developed my habits and I've developed my skills and uh, whether it is preaching or whether it's something else that you're doing, but particularly um, when we preach this way, it has a lot of problems. It, it, it develops several problems, and I want to really talk about two that are incredibly important. Um, one is if we preach from the perspective of overfamiliarity, um, that we're just going to move on to, to other things, and we're going to try and find unfamiliar texts, and we're going to try and just always try to look at things in a new way, and and my idea is I'm going to be a scholar and I'm going to just kind of do everything in a scholarly way uh, and not remember that we need some milk too, is that this leaves a lot of people out in the cold. Um, it leaves so many people out in the cold when we preach this way. Um, for one, uh, they're not with you in your personal Bible study. Uh, they're not with you as you are learning and growing and and as uh, somebody that maybe has gone to preaching school or a Christian university and has studied uh, the scripture at that level uh, and maybe studies the scripture in a higher level uh, or a more advanced level uh, in your personal time, you know, preaching from, from that perspective can leave a lot of people out in the cold because they have not studied in, in the same way. Uh, they, they have not studied, um, you know, the Greek tenses and cases and all of the things that, you know, are reserved, I guess you could say, for, for scholars. Um, you know, we look at commentaries and we read books and we do all kinds of stuff um, to kind of develop our our scriptural intellect and, and all kinds of things like that. But we have to remember that not everybody is studying in that way. Um, nearly everyone in the church is, is not studying in that way. You know, you as a preacher are in, a, in an office and you have a particular amount of time that you commit to, to studying where other people have to work. You know, other people are doing other things and they don't have the daily time uh, to commit to the kind of study that you're involved in. Everybody needs to be involved in Bible study. 
everybody should be studying the word of God in some way or another. Um, but not everybody has, you know, preachers are, they have a very, you know, they're blessed to be able to study the scripture for large portions of the day. Um, but we have to remember that who we're talking to does not have that blessing. They do not have that, um, that opportunity. You know, maybe there's some retirees that spend a lot of time in the scriptures, uh, people that don't, that work, um, that are dedicating a lot of time to that. And you can have some great discussions with those individuals, but you, you leave so many people out in the cold when you have this sort of arrogance, which comes with over, over familiarity. Um, but number two, and, and this is an incredibly, uh, awful problem, <laughs> I guess you could say, uh, that, that comes from this this idea or this perspective uh, and it affects the church um, but number two is that it makes the preacher weaker um, it makes him weaker it makes him uh, weaker in in faith uh, it, you know studying scripture becomes more of an academic measure than it is about salvation and bringing people to Christ um, it makes his own you know faith uh, weaker in that respect but it makes him a weaker preacher too because he's not able to relate uh, with uh, the rest of the congregation uh, he's not looking out for their salvation he's looking out to teach them something new you know I'm going to be the the professor and I'm going to lecture you and I'm going to teach you something uh, but that's not the right attitude to have at the pulpit uh, that is not our job if if you're a preacher um, it's not our job to get up and be a lecturer and to impart wisdom to everyone um, if we go to Ephesians chapter 4 and starting at verse 11 and talk about all the roles um, the what those roles all have in common is they have a a common purpose behind them uh, and that purpose is for the equipping of, of ministry to the Saints um, so that they would grow up in the stature and the likeness of Christ. Um, you know, salvation is an important aspect of that. Um, but it's about what we can do for the congregation in their spiritual life and their, uh, in their relationship with God. It's not about teaching them a bunch of facts. It's not about t teaching them a bunch of, you know, history and history is great. History is, is a wonderful uh, part of the scriptures. And there's a lot of time and a lot of passages that are devoted, a lot of books devoted to just history. Um, but for, for what means, right? For what means are these, these stories told, right? Do we need to know how much Goliath's armor weighed? We don't. Do we even need to necessarily know all the kings, all the names of the kings of, of Israel and Judah? No. But we can teach from those passages and teach those important aspects of a Christian walk. Um, you know, that th these things are incredibly important. We need to be focused on that relationship with God and salvation and and what can we what can we impart to the church so that they're growing in faith and 
aside from being directly at the pulpit, uh, I do want to reemphasize and maybe clarify when I was talking about makes the preacher himself weak, is that his his studying um, is not for his own personal growth. Now, I would say that some people will say that, you know, the preacher should have some separate time where he's studying and it should not be related at all to what he's preaching, that he should just have something for himself. And and I agree with that in some respects, and I do that. I have my own personal study that I do separate from, uh, from trying to prepare lessons. Um, but even while you're preparing lessons, that that should fill you up too. You know, that shouldn't just be, well, I've got to get a lesson together um, so that I can bring something to the congregation. No, we should be encouraging and building ourselves up too. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know who it's by, but uh, there's a great, great quote uh, that has sort of challenged me when it comes to ministry. Um, as I'm preparing for a lesson, when I get to Sunday, am I preaching because I have something to say? Or am I preaching because I have to say something? Um, that, that, that idea uh, is something that may manifest from being over-familiar. Um, you know, I'm, I've got my task, and I've got to do it, and there's a slot on Sunday I've got to fill. So let me come up with something real quick and I'm going to just gloss through it and I'm just going to not treat this time with the respect that it needs because there is a respect and a reverence around studying the scriptures to present to others. You know, that time should be prayerful. Uh, that time should be um, thought of very clearly as, you know, what I'm going to say is going to enter the ears of, of Christians and maybe unbelievers and, and try to convict them and change their minds and help people to repent and remind people to stand fast and, and these important concepts um, that we have about Christian faith and, and salvation. Are we coming to the pulpit because we have something to say or are we going to the pulpit because we have to say something? Thank you so much for watching or listening today. Uh, we want to invite you to please like, subscribe, comment. Please comment uh, on our uh, social media, our posts, our YouTube and Facebook. Uh, please review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, those help with the algorithms, any sort of interaction uh, on social media or through that uh, helps us with the algorithms so that we can reach more people. Uh, so please do that on our social media. We want to recognize the Ministry League uh, as a great organization that offers a lot of Christian resources, uh, a lot of uh, Christian activities and events even. Uh, check out the theministryleague.com to see what they're doing and what's going on right now. And download the Ministry League app. Uh, you can uh, click on Network and you'll find podcasts that are there. Bearing Up is, is a part of the, the uh, list of podcasts. We're a part of the Ministry League Network, and there's a lot of other 
fantastic podcast that will help encourage you uh, and help you uh, to stay motivated as a Christian. And so please check out the Ministry League app, uh, the Ministry League uh, website, ministryleague.com. And thank you for joining us today as we have this discussion. All right, so we've, we've talked about the idea of being overly familiar now. And really, if there's any sort of confusion with that, uh, I hope that you, you understand the analogy of the doctor, right? The doctor that, you know, becomes negligent because he's just been so into his work for such a long time and has gotten used to things. And uh, that's, that's ultimately what being over-familiar really looks like you know i'm i've grown so accustomed to everything uh that i'm not really considering what i'm doing um and so there is the pull away from that we've got to pull away from from being overly familiar in that way but we still have to be devoted devoted devotion uh to bible study and to ministry and to and to the uh, to the action of of whatever it is that we're involved in, whatever it is our work, you know, if we want to glorify God, it doesn't. You don't have to be a preacher to glorify God in your work. You know, it's it's all every one of our our, our jobs, uh, all the ones that I've mentioned uh, earlier. You know, a, a doctor uh, working in a law office, you know, a grocery store. Um, you know, clerk or something like that, a teacher, an electrician, you know, anything, anything, whatever you are, you can glorify God in what you're doing, but you got to be devoted in it to, to glorify him, right? Uh, there's a devotion behind uh, what you're doing uh, and doing that for the glory of God, because, you know, you could sweep a broom, anybody could sweep a broom, but you could sweep a broom with the intent, with the intention, with the deliberate action of I'm going to do this in the best way to glorify my God and thank him for the, the body that I have and having the ability to do this and I'm going to work and serve the Lord. Um, being devoted is an important part of this this topic because um, in, in trying to step away from being overly familiar we don't need to be so unfamiliar um that we are not prepared and that we are not equipped and that we're not effective um but i like the word devoted because it shows the heart that is there um you're not negligent of the essential parts of what you're doing uh you are intentional with it um, not being overly righteous does not mean that we give up on studying. But maybe in addition to studying, we put more time into action. You know, we put more time into some other things. There is a trap uh, in the office to be alone in the office sometimes. Uh, if you're a preacher, you know, it's very easy to get content in there. And... Um, you know, to be so focused on study all the time and um, to neglect some important ministry things, too, that we need to be involved in. 
Uh, it's easy to become a hermit in the office and focus on the scholarly work of ministry and neglect the service parts. Um, but at the same time, um, we have to understand that it's not one or the other that the church needs. It's not one or the other that God calls us to be. It's not one or the other that is going to help us in our faith. You know, as individuals who carry God's word uh, with us wherever we go, you know, being a well-rounded minister of the gospel, whether you're a, you know, like a minister by vocation or if you're just a Christian, you know, there's got to be a balance between study and the work of ministry. We can't neglect either part because that's, uh, that's what it takes, you know. Um, there are, are very uh, few preachers who get remembered by their congregations. And I understand that's not why preachers preach. They don't preach to be remembered. They preach to, to glorify God. They should have that attitude. There may be some that say, well, I want to be known. I want to be remembered and all of that. Um, but it just happens to be that uh, churches don't often remember individuals that were squarely in one of those camps um you know that they were you know so involved in ministry and so involved in servings but they were just really not a good speaker at all or somebody that was just a fantastic speaker and he just convicted and it was great but he was impersonable uh, and he never you know did anything with the church outside of worship uh he didn't go to visits or or anything like that um He's got to be well-rounded, and each one of us should be well-rounded because God calls us to hold to his word, but also to do his word at the same time. You know, if we're going to be faithful, we need to study God's word, but we also need to do his word. Um, we have to still remind ourselves of the fundamentals. We, we cannot uh, forget uh, and grow negligent of the important parts of our faith and of doctrine uh, and allow those things to just slip through our fingers um, because that can happen from being over, over familiar and it takes being devoted uh, to be consistent in the fundamentals. Have you asked yourself recently why you are a Christian? If you are one, if you're listening to this and, and you're not a Christian, I encourage you to... Um, to receive Christ and obey the gospel. But if you are a Christian already, have you asked yourself recently why? Why am I a Christian? Um, it may sound like a given, but if it's something that you haven't really thought about in a while, write it down. You know, say it audibly. You know, why, why you are a Christian? Because you could ponder that thought, but write it down. Tell somebody. And what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to be a Christian? These are some important things that we can't forget. You know, I remember when I was uh, in high school and um, we we're going around the table in our, our Bible class, uh, my grandfather, Calvin Van Blake, was teaching our class. Uh, and he one day asked us why we are we're a Christian you know why are you a Christian um and most of the people in that room had grown up in the church and 
And uh, I was the first one, and I said, well, I guess I'm a Christian because, you know, you raised my mom in the church, and she raised me in the church. And he said, it's not a good answer. And he went to the next person, and we got a little over halfway through the table, if I remember correctly. Uh, and he said, you know, that's, that's not a good answer. You know, because that was the, the, the thing that was often said. You know, well, I'm a Christian because so-and-so taught me the gospel. Um, but is that is that right? You know, or am I a Christian because I believe that, you know, and, and this answer can vary because we can put it in our own words. We can kind of have our own uh, point of reference when it comes to salvation. But, you know, for me... Um, I became a Christian because I realized that, you know, in sin, uh, there's death. And, you know, if, if I wanted to go to heaven, I had to, you know, I had to obey God's word and, and I wanted to be saved from my sins. And so I believed that Jesus Christ was the son of God and I repented and was baptized and, and I was obedient to God's word, um, because I wanted to be saved. I wanted to be forgiven. I wanted to go to heaven. I I wanted, uh, I wanted to know Christ, and and you know the things that I think about now, uh, about why I'm a Christian now. You know, I want to serve the Lord. You know, I I want to give my life to Him um, because I am undeserving of all that He's done for me, and He's done incredible blessings uh, in my life that. I can't explain and I know that I'm undeserving of I have a wonderful family I have uh, a wonderful job uh, I've got a lot of physical blessings um, but you know he has promised me heaven you know and given me assurance and has forgiven me my sins and, and walks with me every day you know so I mean, and, and I can talk to him every day and, and he listens. And so there's so many reasons why I'm a Christian, but, and saying it out loud, it's actually helping me right now in this, in this moment as I'm recording this. Um, so why are you a Christian? You know, what does it mean to you to be a Christian? We can't forget these fundamentals. We can't forget these essential parts of of who we are and what we're doing and what we are are trying to do but another question is how can we convict others of these simple things by being intentional right and by not glossing over and not being overly familiar with things we're just going to move on we're going to study you know the deep things we're just going to get meat all the time and and not the necessary milk that that is needed too sometimes you know how do we convict of these simple things uh, that's a great question for us but there's something else that we have to recognize and that's that in being devoted there's still work to do there's still so much to do for individuals that are having a problem thinking you know what else is there to preach I hope that you and maybe myself, because I ask myself that some, sometimes too, even though I know the reality that there's, there is so much more. Um, 
we need to get over that flaw. We need to realize that there's so much more to preach and, and that we need to refamiliarize ourselves and the church with these essential things. Overfamiliarity means that we neglect the simpler things. Um, have we grown to be such a scholar that uh, we forget to have the innocence and the reverence that is needed, the, the innocence of heart, or maybe not the innocence of heart, but the, the intent of the heart, the purity of heart, and the reverence that we need for worship. Um, are we arrogant? Do we have issues with arrogance? Do we have, you know, this sort of, you know, I'm, I'm up here and I've learned all of this stuff and now I've, I've got a library in my head uh, of, of information that I have gleaned over the years. Uh, and is, is that an attitude that we have? The word of God is a lamp. The word of God is sweeter than honey. We still need to be in God's word. And we still need to be involved in our own personal study. But what we need to remember is, is the simple things. We can't neglect the simple things. Um, the heart of the preacher still needs to be soft. The heart of the Christian, anyone, needs to be soft. We need to still be dependent on the Lord. Uh, we still need to be ch children of God. And as children of God, we are dependent on the Father. We rely on Him like a child does a parent. Um, have we become so accustomed in our walk that we don't need the Father anymore? I hope that none of us would would admit to that and say, you know, yeah, yeah, that's that's how I live. But if that is the case, I hope that we will, you know, admit our fault and say, you know, no, I need to I need to go back to the Father, because if we ever grow to be, again, such a scholar that that we have no need of the Father anymore. What we've actually done is we have left the Father. Uh, we have become like a prodigal. Uh, and our our God is our knowledge. Uh, and we need to return and, and come back to God and make things right. Um, you know, there is incredible value in God's word unparalleled to anything else in this world you know it is a treasure uh, the Bible is something that we can hold up and say that you know we have to look to this and this this is this is the thing this is what we've got to look at in our world um, but the Bible is supposed to lead us into faith the Bible is supposed to help us go to heaven uh, the Bible is supposed to teach us about Jesus. Uh, the Bible is supposed to teach us about what it means to be a neighbor, um, what it means to be faithful, what it means to love, what it means to to find the peace and wisdom and knowledge and contentment um, in, in God. It's supposed to teach us those things so that we are equipped in this life to handle those things. But the, the words on the page can become a God in themselves 
in a way that it's not meant to be. Jesus is the Word, but in one sense, uh, we can look at that as a means for ourselves to just gain up a lot of knowledge, reap a lot of knowledge from it, and and not grow in faith, not be devoted. Um, I, I appreciate you listening today. <laughs> I feel like I'm just kind of ranting here and kind of, I'm just reflecting on some things that, that I have been thinking through uh, recently. I want to thank everyone for watching or listening today. Uh, thank you for joining Bearing Up and uh, listening to this podcast. 70 episodes down. Uh, who knows how many more to go. And have a blessed day. Have a wonderful day.